passage this morning, or two passages, are uh, Isaiah chapter 61, and then Luke, uh, section of the, or the very end of Luke chapter 1. We, we've been talking this Advent season of our SOS uh, to God. As a, a people, collectively, um, through the, the history of humanity, uh, that we're, we're crying out to God as a, a shipwreck. You know, SOS, we, we send out the flare. And the message of Advent that is fulfilled at Christmas is that, that God sends a flare back. That I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming to rescue. I'm going to rescue you from your enemies. I'm going to rescue you from yourselves. So wait. Wait for the rescue. To, to wait for me is to live for me. And today, He says, I'm coming. I'm coming. And when I say I'm coming, it's, it's more sure than the sun rising tomorrow morning. So rejoice. Go ahead. Celebrate. Rejoice. For the rescue is secure. I mean, imagine. I mean, that's what we, we are. We're on a deserted island. We, we're on a shipwreck. And we've been there, lost. And on the horizon, on, into the distance, we see a rescue ship coming. Can you imagine the party? The, the party in the Holy Ghost that would happen on the shore of that deserted island. That's the joy, the celebration that I want you to listen for as we read these two passages that call us, that speak to us, that lead us not only to receive that joy, but to share that joy with others. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank You for Your written Word, for the truth that it speaks to us as it flows from Your just and honest, loving character, your sure and certain strength. Speak to us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Isaiah 61, starting with verse 1. It be on the screen. It's also found on page 603 in your pew Bible. Hear the word of the Lord. And again, these passages that we've read, and the other two passages we've already read also, are, are the lectionary passages for this third Sunday in Advent. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To provide for those who mourn in Zion. To give them a garland instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display His glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. 
Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners shall till your land and dress your vines. But you shall be called priests of the Lord. You shall be named ministers of our God. You shall enjoy the wealth of the nations. And in their riches you shall glory. Because their shame was double and dishonor was proclaimed as their lot. Therefore they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations. And their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up. Before all the nations. And then you'll turn with me to page 831 in your pew Bible. Or we'll turn to the screen. Luke chapter 1. And this is the Magnificat. This is um, Mary's song. Before Elizabeth. After her reflection. On God's. Request. Of her and God's act in her very womb, which fulfills, continues the fulfilling of what we just read of the prophecy from Isaiah. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Israel, in Isaiah's day, and the prophecies of Isaiah that were written for them while they were to be under the captivity of the Babylonian government, after being in exile, after uh, their, their whole city was to be destroyed, Isaiah's promises and call to them to a life of joy based on the promises of God. And, and Mary was the same. She was to to live her life uh, filled, her her spirit rejoicing in God in that moment, 
in her submission to God's request and work within her. You know, I always wonder, were there other women that said no to God? I always wonder. We, we don't know that. But Mary's act of submission, total submission to God and joy, based on the promises of God, not the reality of the present moment. They lived in that joy. And, and so are we called to, to live in that joy of the promises of God, not in the reality of the present moment. was reminded of a story that Ray Bakke tells, one of my favorite Christian authors. Um, one of his most famous books, that classic book called Urban Christian. But he tells the story of two uh, uh, Scots who were in uh, um, fighting World War II. They were shot down over enemy lines. One was a professor from Glasgow and, and the other was a Scottish chaplain. And the, the Germans captured them and put them into prison camps. And they, they separated the Americans and the Brits by a, a fence. And they, they put uh, Mr. McDonald, Dr. McDonald, who was a, a professor from Glasgow later. That's how Bakke ran into him. They put him with the Americans. He must not have had any English accent. And they, they put the Scottish chaplain in with the Brits. And... They would meet McDonald and his Scottish chaplain friend every morning at the fence just to, to talk, and they would talk in an ancient Gaelic dialect they both knew, but the Germans didn't understand. And what they would share often were the news, was the news of the day because uh, the Americans had somehow smuggled a shortwave radio into the barracks and were able to gather some of the news of the day, and so they would share it across the fence. And one day, McDonald's came to his Scottish friend and told him, the German high command has surrendered. So the Scottish chaplain quickly, without being noticed, went back to the barracks, gathered all that he could. McDonald stayed at the fence to hear a shout explode from the barracks. And it wasn't for three days that the guards heard the news. So for three days, the prisoners were walking with a new bounce in their step, smiling at the guards, greeting them, even petting the dogs in the prison camp because they knew they had been released. They knew they were free even though the gates were still locked. And three days later, when the guards heard the news and fled into the woods and left the, the, the gates unlocked, the men who'd really been freed three days walked out of the gates, living in joy. That's the picture that Isaiah and Mary point us to. That... that we live in that in-between time. We live in that time in between Jesus' first coming and His second coming, as we talked about last week. We know the shackles have been released. We know we are free. 
We can smile at the guards. We can nod at our captivities. We can even pet the dogs. Because we know we live in that everlasting joy. Rejoice. Rejoice. Whatever your brokenness, we have been made whole in Jesus Christ. Look with me at the first verse, first two verses of chapter 61 of the the words of Isaiah. Look at who he's speaking to. He's calling out the rescue, the freedom that will be to those who are oppressed. To those who are broken hearted. To those who are captives. To those who are prisoners. Harkens. This is probably what Jesus was referring to. Not only in Luke chapter 4 where he quotes it directly. But even in the Beatitudes. Where remember what he says? Who are the blessed ones? The meek. The poor. Those that mourn. Those that are hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's why Jesus said, you know, it's the sick that need a doctor. Those that are well don't need me. It's why Jesus says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. One of the benefits of being in a prison camp is knowing that you need to be rescued. And what Isaiah is telling to us, And what Mary is telling us is that when we are broken, when we recognize our sin, when we see the captivities of our lives, the prisons that we can put ourselves into, we're in just the right place. Because it's then that we cry out for a rescue. And it's then that we're ready to receive the rescue that only Jesus can bring us. I think that's why Mary, uh, it's an act of grace that that Mary speaks about how God will bring down the powerful from their thrones and lift up the lowly. It's why that He will send the rich away empty so that they'll see their need. They'll see their brokenness and they'll cry out to God for help in order to receive that good news of deliverance. We must see that we are captive to the things of this world at times. That that is our our challenge, our our penchant, our, our struggle to be consumed with the things of this world instead of being consumed with the things of God. In Christmas season, just a great illustration of that. We we hurry, we get wrapped up, literally in gifts and decorations and preparations, and we forget to invite Jesus into the kitchen. We forget to invite Jesus into all that's going on. It's so easy we can forget the core of this good news that that we can be healed, we can be bound up, we can receive that liberty and release today. The acceptance of God, His favor is ours today. It is His grace It is based on His independent choice to love us. Not based on anything that we do or that we are. 
That is grace. And that is the response of joy. It is simply to receive. I don't know how I, I mess up Christmas so much. You know, that, that I forget just to, how to receive. I've been trained that way because we, we always, as a, as a family, we always had gifts in a closet with no name on them. You know what they were for? They were for the people that came by that give us a gift that we didn't think about in order to give them a gift. <laughs> you, know, you know how hard it is just to receive? How come we can't just say thank you and celebrate the gift that we receive without thinking we got to give back to them in order to sort of even the scales or something? It is the scandal of grace. And love that that God comes to us who are broken, who don't deserve it, who are even called by Paul his enemies. He rescues us even though we don't deserve it. And our response is simply to receive. It's, It's joy. Unadulterated joy. Just like the men in the barracks. The explosion of celebration. That is ours every day. And I, I was pointing, uh, coming to the choir as we prayed to prepare for the service. You know, it's, it's, it's why we sing. You know, I was, the joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is, is really best captured in poetry. It's best captured in song. It really... If I really knew it was best for me, I'd just be quiet and sit down. But I don't. Maybe one day. I remember a song particularly hitting me about joy. And this was probably ten years ago. It was a church that served in Charlotte. And we did a, a break, we called it a breakfast of angels. And every Wednesday morning we'd drive a couple vans up to the men's homeless shelter downtown. And we'd get whoever wanted to get in the vans. And we'd bring them back to our fellowship hall. And there we'd, we'd serve them breakfast. We had about 6 o'clock in the morning. And we made them egg, a real breakfast. Eggs, grits, usually cheese grits, sausage, and biscuits. Now that's a real breakfast. And we'd have them sit down and we'd serve them breakfast. And then we'd gather for a worship service. And it was uh, Advent, during the course of Advent, and we were singing Joy to the World. And I looked across the table, the guy named Samuel. And Samuel was a resident at the homeless center. So he didn't have a home, he didn't have a job, he hadn't had a shower. I don't think he owned a toothbrush. If he did, it didn't work very well because he only about half of his teeth. But he was singing. I can still picture his face as he was singing joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Savior has come. His hands were outstretched. His voice was loud, if off tune. But his face was an expression of joy. And tears came to my eyes when I looked at Samuel and said, What does he have to be joyful about? It 
except Jesus. And he knows that more than I do. Samuel taught me a little that morning of the joy of the Lord. It comes from our rescue. But, but you know, it, it, I mean, we're not finished. I told you, I'm not sitting down yet. It, it's not just a rescue. It's not just, I'm going to rescue you and pull you out of the mess. No. I'm going to restore you and leave you in the mess. I'm going to give you my joy in the mess. I'm going to give you my joy there so that you can be a part of my restoration plan for the rest of the world. It's not just for your joy. It's for the joy of the world. Now, you don't believe me. Follow me here. End of verse 3. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display His glory. Oaks, planting, that means staying, not leaving, in order to display His glory. And get this. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. He didn't say, I said, they. He's finished with the eye. He's already told us what he's going to do. And now he's filling us, filling his people, in order to do this. Look at the extent of the restoration. It's not, not just a rescue, but a restoration. And a restoration from generations and generations of pain and sin and distress. He's going to repair the ancient ruins. Those places that have been deserted for generations. So it does not matter from where you come. It does not matter just how deep the mess is that you are in. The extent of His restoration follows to the depth of ancient ruins even. Whether your, your poverty and brokenness is one of money or whether it's one of love. Whether it's one of health or whether it's one of, of faith. Or if your poverty, is, your brokenness even is a poverty of joy. He's going to repair it. He's going to restore it. And He's going to use you and me to then extend that restoration to others. To extend that restoration even to the neighborhood of College Hill. Where where burglaries are continuing to rise. Businesses are continuing to shut down. He's going to continue that restoration even to the city of Cincinnati. Where if you look in the paper this morning, you'll see the issues of poverty and race continue to be a challenge for our city and community. He's going to extend through us, through the joy that He gives to us, He's going to enable us to carry out this restoration project to share His joy all around the world. And nobody can take it away. Verse 5, strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners shall till your land and dress your vines. The strangers and the foreigners are the very ones who captured Israel and took them into exile. They're the very ones who have oppressed them. 
They say, they're, they're, they're not going to take it away. So it doesn't matter for you. Whoever has oppressed you, abused you, beat you, impoverished you, made you a captive, they can't take the joy away of the Lord that is in your heart. And they can't take the work of the Lord to use you to restore others into that same joy. Because get this. This is the kicker for me. Verse 6. But you shall be called priests of the Lord. You shall be named ministers of our God. You shall enjoy the wealth of the nations and in their riches you shall glory. This is the priesthood of all believers, that famous reformed doctrine preached by Isaiah hundreds and hundreds of years before Luther or Calvin ever voiced it. We will be priests. You know that Levitical priesthood that's in the Old Testament where they went before God on behalf of others? That's who we are. The joy of the Lord has been given to us. We have been restored so that now we participate in restoring others and sharing that joy with others. We are those priests. We are those ministers. We are the servants. That's the other word for minister here. It really means servant. We are the servants of God, the servants of the world. See how this... You see, you see where our, our vision statement comes from? Connecting, serving, and celebrating? I mean, it all, and it, why it flows from this passage. I mean, we connect with God. We reconcile with God. We connect with one another. We serve then His world. And we celebrate His joy throughout. That, that joy, no one can take it away. Matter of fact, we can't even take it away from ourselves. And then the great pleasure we get of giving that joy to others. Verse 7. Because their shame was double and dishonor was proclaimed as their lot, therefore they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. That joy in the Lord can never be taken away. And we receive a double portion. Why do you receive a double portion? In order to give it away. You receive, each of us receive a double portion of the joy we need in order for that joy to be shared with others. And if you're saying, you know, I really like that idea, that makes sense, but no way, not me. Well, that's why I read Mary. That's why I read Luke. Because that would have been a great option for Mary to say. Yeah, I'm just a no-name teenager. Nobody knows me. I don't have anything to bring to this. What do you mean, God, that you're choosing me to carry your son who is going to bring the restoration of the world? She is a nobody. When we see that, we know the story. She didn't even have a place to give birth to her child. She had nothing. And yet... She was the one chosen and filled with joy and truly delivered the joy of the world. We have that same privilege. We have that same joy. I mean, it is why 
Christmas and gifts fit so well together. We have been given that gift from the Lord, and now we give it to one another. I wonder what, as I reflected on this, I looked at, at this basic principle that you know, it's just we've been blessed to be a blessing. You know, we've been saved for service. I mean, it's one of those mantras that we hear over and over again throughout the years. But it, it's so powerful at Christmas. But I wonder, what is, with whom are we sharing our joy? Maybe a first question is, are we living in joy? Are we living in that joy? What's, what's robbing us from that joy? But I don't want us to hang there. I want us to really pursue, with, with whom are we sharing our joy? That will make us ask where our joy is. Where are we sharing that joy? Where are we giving that joy away to others? I mean, the world needs it. (laughs) Just read the front page. The world needs it. And we've been given it. So where are we sharing that joy? Where where are we giving it away? That's that's the question. That's the the challenge. That's the opportunity. That's the multiplication of that joy. We get to share it with others. I want us to practice now. Don't get scared. Don't get worried. No cameras are going to be on. We're not going to film anything. We've done this before. But I just, I want you to share, get in a group of three or four, just where you are. Go ahead. If that really isn't your bag, you can groan now. I just want you to share... You reflect on what's your joy? What's your joy today? Did I do anything great? But what's your joy? Now, if you're if you're visiting or you're just really a major 99% introvert and this just isn't your thing, feel free to say, I don't know. What's yours? <laughs> Jesus never forced himself on anyone. And he's the one that I follow. So I don't want to force you either. But invite. Just knock on the door. So I invite you to, to share that joy with one another. And it, it, it means it's nothing grand or great. It can be just simple. And as I reflected on this just this morning, I, got, I get here early on Sunday mornings, and, and Boris lives in an apartment next to Christ Community right there on Salvis, and he's got, on Salvia, he's got three dogs. And I mean, these dogs' chests are as broad as mine. And, and he, he walks those dogs without a leash early, early in the morning. And I see him regularly. And I drove up this morning, and he was in the parking lot. Hello, Father. That's what he calls me. Hello, Father. How are you, Father. Fine, Boris, uh, how are you? As I look at the dogs to be sure they're not going to... One of them turns to the car and starts chasing after And I'm like, this dog's going to take the tire out. <laughs> to which then Boris yells at him in Yiddish or Russian or I don't know what language he speaks. The dog's smart. I mean, he knows that language. And stops. dog stops and just comes back to him and then goes and they walk off... And just that simple, I go, you know, 
What a joy that is to encounter the world, Boris and his three dogs, regularly on a Sunday morning. And just their freedom and their pleasure of a master and his dogs enjoying one another. And that, that brought a smile to my face and a chuckle to my soul. A simple, simple way of seeing joy. Alright, let's take a few minutes. Just share your joy with one another. And then in a minute I'll start praying. Ready? Go. Go.